Welcome to the GEM series, powered by Rocket Level. On this podcast, we empower entrepreneurs to succeed by setting big goals, executing like a pro, and having a fearless mindset. The GEM series is all about investing in yourself. We're here to share the path to getting what you want out of life by sharing the stories of entrepreneurs who have done this themselves, providing thorough research from our team on what careers and habits are yielding the best results, and discussing the mindset it takes to overcome the obstacles that all future entrepreneurs will face. Investing in yourself starts with putting in the work every single day, and this podcast is here to help you do exactly that. My name is Blake Chapman. I'm the Vice President of the Ambassador Program here at Rocket Level, and I am thrilled to be your host for the GEM Series. And welcome to the GEM Series. Today, I am honored to have an incredible guest, Alex, uh, Alex B. Sheridan, to be a little more uh, specific. Alex is the founder of Impacts, where he creates video content that allows you to win clients. And honestly, just from a glance on LinkedIn, you'll be able to see the proof for yourself. Alex is absolutely popping off. Welcome, Alex. How are you doing, man? Doing great, man. I'm doing great. Glad, glad to be here. Hey, glad to have you on. Glad to have you on. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know about you, which frankly, I don't know how they couldn't at this point because you are looking, you're, you look great on uh, on Instagram. And I got to say, your hair looks great too. I'm in need of a cut. I'm going to have to get your barber, uh, your barber after this. But yeah, tell the audience, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story, just generally speaking. I just lost my barber actually three weeks ago. So uh, no, I had a new one, it hurts. Yeah, it's okay. It hurts. It's okay. The new one's all right though. <laughs> but um, no, you know, I, I worked in corporate America for six years. I was in B2B sales for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2019, I always had this kind of like entrepreneurial itch that I wanted to scratch. And in 2019, I was going through a lot in my life. My career wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And I decided that I was going to make the change. I was going to make the shift and go for and start a side hustle. And yeah. um, one thing I realized was I was going to do sales consulting and teach people how to make calls, emails, how to conduct meetings. And I started to realize that the way I was selling was misaligned with the way that my customer was buying. And meaning that mm. I was trying to go out and try to always try to capture demand and get people to go on a call with me, meet with me. And I was always entering from a place of being a commodity, being just like everyone else. And I realized that buyers actually want to do research. They want to have communication in their in their channels, their groups, or whatever it might be. They want to watch Absolutely. things and get educated. They want to consume videos. They want to learn about things before they make a decision. And so I decided in 2019 that I was going to focus in really early 2020, I was going to focus on content creation and video specifically on LinkedIn. And I was going to help educate buyers along their buyer journey and therefore, when they were ready to buy, I would be a natural selection for them. So that was creating demand versus having to go out and try to capture some of it like everyone else was doing. Man, that's uh, that's that's pretty great because a lot of people miss that opportunity to, yeah, align what they're doing with what customers actually want. So have you always just been kind of naturally curious and uncovering things or... What, uh, yeah. how, how'd you form those habits, man? You know, I mean, I was, even when I was in corporate, like I would get to the office at five 30 in the morning, I was writing my own book on how to sell better. Like I always had that very inquisitive and wanted to kind of have a, I was almost obsessive with whatever, whatever I was into. Like I got really into it and wanted to be like That's great cool. at it. And so as soon yeah. as I figured out entrepreneurship was the path and I was going to start doing video content, naturally that was my craft. And that was what I became obsessed with. That's Incredible. So growing up, have you always had this vision of starting your own thing or did like what? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, when I was growing up, you know, entrepreneurship was not like a, 
it wasn't like that was a thing even like sure. no one <laughs> yeah. was like yeah. you know that i was around was like start your own business you know it was like if you owned a business if you were like an insurance broker at the local town you know so yeah. um but where'd I, you grow I, up by the way sorry i didn't mean to down, interrupt those no you're good man down in so i'm i live in st charles now which is a western suburb of chicago yeah but i grew up down down state in the capital of <sighs> illinois which is springfield area Okay. So I grew up down there, but I mean, you know, there was always like little signals. Like I would try to sell things when I was 12 years old, I would go to construction mm -hmm. sites and like pick up nails and random shit and try to sell them back to people. Like I always, I got into music <laughs> and, con and really content creation very early at like 13, 14, I started making a ton of music and then got my friends involved. Cool. And so there were always like creation and, and signs that I was maybe destined to go this path eventually, but it wasn't till probably 2018, 2019 that it really, it really hit me. That's uh, no, it's funny. I, yeah, it's not like we're all on like baby boss mode when we go, when we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. go there thinking about entrepreneurship, but yeah, I, it's funny. You talk about like selling nails and things like that. I remember being a kid and, and my thing was flipping Pokemon cards when I was oh, a yeah. little kid. I, yeah, it was, uh, I would show up at garage sales. I'd save a little money, uh, buy donuts and be like, all right, Hey, have a free donut. And then, and then I get the kids to come, come buy the, uh, buy the Pokemon cards. So I love uh, I love finding like everybody else's story of how they got to where they where they are today. So now you're two years deep into this thing now, right? From from leaving my corporate job and doing this full time, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's uh, that's that's pretty incredible that you've uh, you've you've gone so far with this because I mean your stuff looks really really crispy. So you, you kind of explained a little bit of what drew you to video, but what else kind of brought you there i mean there's just so many different channels and and methods that are out there to get in front of people i just felt like for me i always since i was a little kid i always felt like i had a message that i was i wanted to deliver to the world and that i was going to be speaking in front of millions of people and that i just wanted to make a positive impact yeah. while i was here and i didn't always know like what that looked what was going to look like or what i was going to talk about but i always had that feeling kind of inside ever since i took a a speech class and I got to speak in front of like 12 people. And I was like, this is cool. Like I'm going to speak in front of millions of people one day. And I just started seeing people on video, That's like, like, you know, more celebrity business people on video and YouTubes and stuff like that early on. And I was like, man, this, this might be my way that I can speak to more people. And if they're doing it, there's no reason that I can't do it. That's uh that's absolutely right. You know, and the key thing there though, that I always want to know about, a lot of people, I think, have big dreams for themselves. You know, people want so much out of life and, and they, they know what they're drawn to, but people have a hard time executing. And, and anytime I see people executing like you're doing, like, I'm always like, tell me what it was like at the beginning, like getting things ready to, to be able to, you know, launch, you know, launch, launch impacts. I mean, it, everything about entrepreneurship is tough, you know, like you mm -hmm. have to really, you have to really enjoy kind of the day-to-day -day type stuff it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy every part of the process but to me i wouldn't do it every day if i didn't truly enjoy helping my clients making video content working with my team like because it's just you run into so many challenges i mean you're constantly getting hit with challenge after challenge after challenge and you know you get knocked down sometimes and you feel like man what am i i'm putting in the work i'm doing everything i should be doing yet i'm still getting my yeah. ass kicked so it's uh it's very very challenging I think in the beginning it was a little bit easier, honestly, because I was just a side hustle. So there was mm -hmm. no like pressure to like provide with that income or like to make it work. Once I left my full-time job in July of 2020, um, I was on a, a pretty good rise because LinkedIn was becoming popular, video was becoming more popular. Yeah. And I, I had like one product and that's what I sold and I did pretty good at selling it. And then I got a year in 
and like the 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 lack of having reoccurring revenue really started to take its toll. And I was like, I had a couple mm-hmm. slow months and it became tough. And luckily I had money saved. So I was good financially because I had done sure, well, but, sure. but it just smacked me in the face. And I was like, all right, this is my first real big entrepreneurship challenge is that my business model mm-hmm. is kind of one dimensional. And that, but you know, in that moment I was like, I know this is a, this is the toughest challenge I've ever went through as an entrepreneur. But as I was going through it, I knew that I, would, I kept telling myself, you're going through this for a reason. Like this is going to, there's something you need to learn here that you wouldn't yeah. have learned if you don't go through this. And it really set me on a path to figuring out how do I come up with a business model that has more reoccurring revenue, retainment, services, other offerings. And now we've got four different revenue streams. And so we're well, working on our fourth, but three different revenue streams right now. And so, and we're going to build from here. So it, it never would have happened had I not hit that challenging part. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to say, yeah, I love your mindset of just anytime you've discussed a certain challenge or anything like that, you're, you're extremely humble about, you know, being able to, to approach it head on and grow from that experience and take that as something that you can turn into your strength. I mean, I feel like in entrepreneurship, especially uh, there, really everything, if you're not willing to learn from the things that, that get you down, then you're going to constantly just be at a deficit and fail out. You know, it's like, yeah. we got to fight for every single thing that we've got. I, you know, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's so tough. It's, it's the reason most people have these very big dreams, but then when they get hit with the very big challenges that come along with those dreams, all of a sudden then that stops them in their tracks and they go, I don't really know if I want to do this. Right. Cause if yeah. you're going to, if you're going to shoot for something big or you've got this vision and this dream and you want to accomplish all these things, chances are that's going to come with a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges, a lot of self doubt, a lot of, you know, Absolutely. pain, pain points along the way. Like you're going to go through some shit. And most people yeah. don't want to go through shit. They just want the rewards, the outcomes, the dream, but they don't want mm-hmm. everything, all the day-to-day stuff that comes with it. And that's the stuff that like you kind of have to, you you kind of have to really you have to really accept that stuff and you have to like embrace it and want to do it and be okay with. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that I'm constantly challenged, that I'm never Hell comfortable, yeah. that yeah, that man. I get punched in the face sometimes, that you know, I'm forced to pivot my business because of certain things in the marketplace. Like you have to really own that and you have to be excited about that extreme of a challenge. And if you're not excited about that and the innovation that comes with it, and if you're not excited about that, then it's very okay and very great to go out and get a job that someone else is running a company and you're a contributing uh, successful employee to the build. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, Something that I, you know, whenever I, I hear about that too, I'm, you, you, so you officially went on your own July, 2020. Tell me like, what, what made you want to make it your thing, you know, from side hustle, that pivot, like, cause I think a lot of people are starting to do that these days. Uh, so I, I'd love to hear that from your perspective. I, I mean, at the most basic level, it came down to, I just started making more money in my side hustle than I was in my corporate job. So like, <laughs> that's a good it, indicator. So, that's I mean, a great indicator. And I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. I actually thought it was going to be early 2021. That's kind of what I was planning for. I was like, man, if I could leave my company, my full-time job in early 2021 and have a little nest egg, I'd be happy. And then it just started yeah. happening so quickly. And I became obsessed with it. I put in a lot of work. I was getting clients. I was getting results for the clients. And it had this snowball effect. And mm-hmm. I, I remember there was a couple of weeks where I was making more than I was in my corporate job and I and like significantly more. And so I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know, both of them are like this, like I'm kind of trying to juggle both of them. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, like it's impossible to try to grow a business and then have, 
you know, to a, to a certain level when you have a full-time job that's demanding. That's And exactly so it's like, right. you can only go so far with that. One of them has to give. And I was like, I kind of got to kill one of these right now. And what yeah. is going to be my full-time job or it's going to be my business. And I was like, there's no way I came this far, put in this much work, made this much progress. And I'm just going to like get rid of my business. I was like, I'm killing my full-time job. And I put in my two weeks notice and went full-time. Man, that's awesome. Because how many hours do you think you're probably having to put in? <sighs> In that season of life, I'm sure it was brutal, like not even brutal, but like to be like, okay, I'm making all this money from something that I created. Yeah, it's and, wild. and it's I'm, you know, I might be losing 50, 60, 70 hours a week just because of, you know, having another job. So yeah, what, what was it looking like at that season? I mean, I would probably say like, I was working from home with my full time job. Cause it yeah. was like right after COVID it was like, you know, this yeah. was, this was April, May, June, July, 2020. So we're in right in the thick of COVID where no one knows what's going on when we're going back. And before I would have been working 60 hours, 50, 60 hours a week, easily in my corporate job at home. Cause I was kind of my side hustle. I was probably working closer to 40 and then maybe some weeks, 30, 35. Like I was trying to do what I could yeah. to be, to contribute to my team, but also I was mainly focused on my business. And then it got to a point where my full-time job was starting to suffer a little bit. And then I had to make a decision. I was like, it's not fair for me to keep this job knowing that someone else would love to take my role in my corporate job. And that we did, we promoted my recruiter. He took my role and now he's doing, he's still in the role and he's doing great, which is awesome. Nice. But I had That's... to make that decision of like one of them is gonna go. And it was very clear to me that it was the business. Yeah, uh, that is pretty exciting, man. I, uh, I gotta say like, I think that a couple of lessons that I've learned talking, getting to have the opportunity to talk to people that are doing something like what you do, not specifically what you offer for people, but leaving the, the corporate world mm -hmm. to go and, and start their own venture is that everybody kind of says like, man, it's, uh, it's, it's something where you reach a point to where you gotta, you gotta get comfortable with working crazy hours for a little while. And you probably shouldn't just jump immediately into it if you're not doing if you're not totally thriving at your other job too just because like i don't know it's just an interesting topic i think because like a lot of people think oh well you know what i'm not even gonna dedicate any time to a side hustle and i'm just gonna do this idea that i have and i feel like that's there's high risk there man uh whereas you you're like you built a proof of concept you showed everybody hey because I don't know, I'm sure you have a network of people around you and like a family that, you know, yeah. cares about you. And like, it gets hard whenever people are like, hey, I'm throwing it all to the wind. I'm going to be a full time DJ now or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean, so I was a single I mean, I'm a single dad of two daughters. So I mean, I had like yeah, a family, yeah. people to take care of. So like, for me, it was yeah, I couldn't just be like, all right, well, screw it. I'm going to go try this. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, I mean, there's a couple things. One, I had the belief system and that the actions that were like, I'm either making this work or I die. Like that was my mindset yeah. going into it. I was like, there's no if, and, or buts. There's no, I could go back to a job if I need to. I was like, this is the vision. This is the goal. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make it happen. But I do think that it depends on your situation, right? Because you have no, mm -hmm. if you have sure. no kids or you have no response, not many responsibilities, or if you live at home, or if maybe you're a little bit older, but you've got like great, you've got, you know, a couple of thousand, hundred thousand dollars in the bank, or you can kind of have mm -hmm. a nest egg, like, that that allows you more freedoms and more flexibility sure, where for sure. me i was like i kind of need to replace my income and then and then make the move right i've replaced my mm -hmm. income i was making more at this than i was my corporate job i had built up a nest egg of tens of thousands of dollars as a reserve and then i yeah. was on a the trajectory that would show you that i'm going to keep going up over time which we have 
We're up 70% this year alone, uh, more than 70 actually. So from last year and then last year we were up from the previous. So it's like, so I think I look for those signs. Like, are you on the trajectory to go forward? Do you have something in the bank as a nest egg? And then have you at least maybe made the same or hopefully more as your full-time job? But I don't think that's the recipe for every single person. That's really great. And you know, the reason I asked that stuff is we, that's all of our listeners here, right? They're people that have realized that maybe the traditional path is not necessarily the route that they're trying to go as much as, you know, they're, they're people that do have the side hustles, do have the full-time options and want to figure out, Hey, I want to learn from somebody like you that, that is seeing those 70% increases year after year and, and, and made it happen. So I think that's super great insight for anybody that's, uh, that's listening right now. Another thing that I always talk about is battling the fear, you know, and like, I think that, that hearing you mention, uh, you know, that you're like, I'm going to, it's basically do or die. Uh, how do you, yeah. Is there anything else that you kind of tap into to battle the fear whenever you're feeling like insecure about what you're doing? If you do, you know, um, cause I think that's, cause I mean, it's just the reality of it. It's like, we got to motivate ourselves, validate ourselves, like everything. I think there's a big difference between doubting what you're doing and doubting yourself. So for yeah. me, it was always like I was rooted in my values, my work ethic, the fact that I was out to make a positive impact. I was willing to do whatever it takes ethically. And uh, I believed in that I had I was building this right skill sets and, and working on my craft every single day, beating on mm-hmm. it religiously. That that gave me the confidence that, to say that, hey, I, I don't know if I'm going the exact right way here. Like I may be going the wrong direction for this moment in time. Or I may have taken on a new service or offered a new service that I think it's, I need to tweak some things. It's not, it's not quite the right service, but I always believed that I would figure out a way to get it done one way or the other. And I still feel that way today. There's times when I'm like, should I take on this extra thing? Should I join this business partner and start this company together? Mm-hmm. Should I uh, tweak my services? And there's times when I'm really right. And there's times when I'm like, yeah, that wasn't the right move. I got to go back. But what I never doubt is my own ability to figure it out and get it done. Because I know my work ethics there. I know I'm talented enough to do it. I know my intent is good. I know my ser- I try to service the hell out of my clients. And so I think when you, the, the way that you build more confidence in yourself is by making yourself proud first. Like waking up every wow. day and yeah. doing, the, doing the things that you commit that you say you're going to do. When you come through for yourself day in and day out, it, it builds a confidence in yourself that no one else can build for you. People can give you praise and tell you things, but you have to earn it inside here first. And then when you have it in here, typically that relays back out to other people. They start to have more confidence in you because they see the way that you're going about things. You're typically getting results for your clients and other people. You're making an impact because you've made that impact on yourself first. So yeah. I think that's why for me, I'm always confident in myself. Like I'll, I'll get it done, man. Like Unless I die, I'm moving forward with this thing. Like I'll find a freaking way outside of a zombie apocalypse. But even in then, I'll be teaching zombies <laughs> how to make videos. You know, that's, like, I'll I just love find that, a man. way. That is, that's fucking awesome. I, uh, I think that's the kind of mindset that more people need to take on. Because yeah, like people are capable. You know, that's the thing that I think now, people don't realize is exactly how capable. And let me, preface, let me preface it with this, because I think this is something I've really learned over the last few years that's very important. I yeah. am very, um, as I mentioned, I'm very obsessive, addictive, mm-hmm. all, like um, like balls to the wall, like, like I'm going to go for everything, swing for the fences kind of guy. Um, and I think there's a lot of, there is a lot of guys and gals like that out there, but there's also probably 95% of people that are not that extreme. And maybe it entrepreneurship wouldn't be the best route 
but they see sure. stuff and they're Absolutely. like, you know, and, and I think it's worth testing and trying, like mm-hmm. start a side hustle, see if you enjoy it. But I think I say that, and I think it's great to have that conviction and that confidence, but I'm also like obsessive with my work and my craft. And, you know, I try to make, obviously I make time for loved ones and things like that, but I think sure. it's really about like knowing yourself and what you want out of life and how you want to operate and roll day to day. And then trying to build something from that based on what you like. Like for me, I, I get up at 5.30 in the morning every day and I'm at the coffee shop at 6 a.m. putting in work, like mm-hmm. getting my content, writing video stuff like yeah. that. But that's what I love. Even on the weekends, I want to go do that. I just love it. Yeah. Like it's my thing. Yeah. Some people may hate that and they may want to spend the first hour doing meditation or watching a show or reading a book or something like that. And so I think you got to figure out your own rhythm and what you're into. But it's important to understand, don't just listen to what I say and be like, man, I'm going to do that. I'm inspired. Think about what do you want out of life? And then try to create a business that fits that life versus going out and try to create a business and then figure out how your life's going to fit in your business. What do you think are some of the hard questions people probably need to ask themselves to figure out what they want out of life? You know, I think you can ask yourself questions like, you know, picture a day, picture a day in the life of maybe like a dream life. Like, what would it look like? Be realistic or I hate to say be realistic because don't be realistic, but in a sense of like, it's <laughs> yeah. not going to be like, like, you know, you wake up and, you know, there's just some reliving fairyland where nothing goes wrong. Like that's not going to mm-hmm. happen, but picture a legit like day in the life of what you'd want. Like, what would you want to be doing? Who would you want to be doing it with? Where would you want to be doing it? What would it look like? Like, what would you be, you know, just excited to do? And I think then you got at that point, you got to go test and try different things and figure out is this something that I'm that I'd want to do? Is this a path that I want to yeah. continue to go down? So I think it's part asking yourself questions, looking yourself in the mirror, and being on, very honest with yourself. But it's also about pushing yourselves out of your out of your comfort zone too, because you may you may not understand fully what you really want until you get outside that next layer of comfort, that next layer of comfort, and then you reach a point where you're like, whoa, this this whole world I don't even know existed which is kind of how I felt when I got into entrepreneurship. I was like, damn, thank God I pushed myself because I didn't even know that this whole world existed and that I was this passionate about this thing um, unless I would have pushed myself. Yeah, that's, I mean, I I, I think there's so much truth and that's that's something that I always encourage people to do, you know, anytime that they're, they're really wanting to get to the next level is, you know, just, just think about like, <laughs> you know, when you, when you wake up in the morning, one, remind yourself of what you like about yourself, but then two, you know, what are the things that you want to, you want to be able to achieve? Like if you were to do anything, you know, and then figure out step-by-step work, rework it backwards, you know, and see, okay, where am I at right now? And how far off course am I right now? I think that, here's that's, some- uh, you know, yeah. Here's something I also discovered along the way too, is no one cares about your success. I mean, That's really, true. at the end of the day, that like, you know, your loved ones will be happy for you, your friends will be happy for you and people that support you. But the people aren't sitting around like I thought, like when I made, you know, when I built the business and I started making this money and I do, started doing mm-hmm. this and my content got more exposure that like, you know, there was things in my, my head that I thought would happen. And a lot of great things have come from it. But what I realized is once once I built it up, I was like, yeah, I guess people kind of treat me this like it's kind of my life's like not all that different. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I thought, I thought building a business and being an entrepreneur and having a team and at making good money. Like I thought a lot of these things, like I was looked at was like, man, that's so cool. And then mm-hmm. once I got there, I was like, it's, it's cool. It is cool. But I'm like, it doesn't, it, it, it's like, it's not that big of a deal for me anymore. And so I think you yeah. have to, you have to understand like once you get to the next place or the next place or the next place, 
is not really going to change. Like people just don't really care that much that you're super, if you're successful or not successful, the people mm-hmm. that care is you, how you yeah. feel every single day. And obviously your loved ones and the people close to you. But it's, it's like, I don't feel the need to even talk about, I used to be like excited when I first started my business to tell people like, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm my own business. I think it's super cool. And now I'm still excited about it and passionate about it, but I don't feel the need to like tell people that or, you know, it, I'm not braggadocious about it because I don't feel like yeah. it's like people don't really care anyways, dude. So it's even more the reason exactly. just to do your own shit anyways, because no one yeah. cares anyways. If you fail, they won't care. If you succeed wildly, most people won't care. So just do whatever's <laughs> going to make you happy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Time is your most precious resource. And that at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I think the best thing about it is probably at least most people that I talk to, the best part about having their own business is their capacity to help people. You know, um, and I, 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 you know, not that you're going to be shoving it in everybody's face or anything like that, but I'm sure you run into scenarios pretty organically all the time now where you're like, well, maybe I could help you out with that. You know, I actually do this and, uh, and, and it ends up turning into a scenario where you, uh, your, your, your network turns into customers and they turn in, you turn into their customer and all this kind of stuff. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool. You also touched on your support system, your, you know, your family and friends around you. Tell me like, were they always, whenever you're going to make this switch, was everybody pretty like on board the whole time? What was your support system like whenever you're navigating through that? I don't think anyone was really supportive, honestly. Um, yeah. Either people didn't quite understand it or they kind of understood it, but weren't super supportive. Like my parents didn't really support me becoming an entrepreneur. They were yeah. like, cause, and I, I understand why, like I get it. Cause they're coming from a place of love and they, and they, don't want me to have to go through hardships and I had a good corporate job sure. and I have two daughters and they're thinking, well, why wouldn't you just stay there? It's like more comfortable and mm-hmm. you're getting paid well. And why would you leave and risk everything? And to me, it was like, it's a risk to stay and not go for my dreams and not follow right. what I believe in in my heart. That was a bigger risk for me. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, and then I had coworkers and stuff that maybe thought it was cool, but didn't really understand what I was doing. They're like, yeah, you see your videos on LinkedIn. Like, so is LinkedIn paying you now? Or how does it work? I'm like, no, LinkedIn's yeah, like, not paying heck? me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, so I think there was, I didn't really have, I mean, when I started to meet entrepreneur friends, like other people that were business owners and advocates, and they were putting themselves out there through content, through clients. I think that's where a big motivation and, and really support system came for me was actually my clients. Because when mm. I started, when I started off, I was not charging what I charge now. Naturally, I was just beginning, and they would see things in me and say, "Man, you're, you're going to take this somewhere." Like I can see this is going to be big, and I can see that I'm early on the train, you know. And and yeah. I understand that element of it, but I see where this train's going, and that really inspired man. me. It really told me, like, "Oh man, I'm on the right path." Like keep keep doing what you're doing, Alex. Like you're you're going to make this work. I would say that was my biggest support system. Isn't it incredible how big of an impact feedback like that has? Huge. I mean. Like, holy cow, I, I, uh, I, I mean, anytime somebody's willing to like, especially somebody that's been down a road of doing it themselves and, mm-hmm. and give you that extra little push, it just goes so long. I, uh, so I'm like, anytime, if you feel something true and honest, like to encourage that, that you feel would encourage somebody, I feel like it's so, I mean, I, I feel like it's so good to do. Uh, it is it was, hard though. When it, Yeah. I was gonna say, it's funny. Cause my dad actually is, is almost the opposite thing. Cause my dad will be like, when do you, when are you going back to your job? Like, when are you going to go back to working as an employee? And I'm like, dad, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm never going back. That's, that's like, motivational I've got, too. I've got this business now. And he's like, yeah, but you know, like he'll say all these things and stuff. And again, I think it's coming out of a place of love, obviously. But, oh, of course. Of but, course. um, and, 
but you know, he sees me going for my dream and, and maybe he wonders, should I have went for mine a little bit more, you know? And I think there's all kinds of thoughts that probably happen with inside that. And that pushes me too. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to, and I don't want to have my motivations be, I'm proving you wrong, dad. Cause I actually think that's really unhealthy to have a chip on your, too much of a chip on your shoulder and trying to prove everyone else wrong. I, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't come from that place anymore, but it is sweeter when you do make it and you do reach these milestones. It is sweeter to be able to help you know, take care of them or buy something from them or take them out somewhere and, and show that them is love. Amazing. That's how I would do it. Not like in your face, I did it, but just like, Hey, we're, we're going on vacation. We're doing something. We're taking care of it. You don't have to worry about paying for anything. And then just yeah. knowing like, remember when you told me to go back to, you know, I think that's the, that's a pretty sweet part. But again, I'm not, I'm yeah. not basing, I'm not basing why I get up every morning. It's not for that person or somebody else. It's for me. Because I love validation. I believe it because it makes me excited because I want to teach my children that they should be, they should go for the things they want out of life that I believe I'm making a difference and the opportunities are endless. That's my drivers. And then there's lots of bonus byproducts that come from that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, it it has to just like any, any decision that you commit to, you know, it's uh, you you can't do it for anybody else but yourself. Because if you do do it for somebody else, you'll end up getting there. And then they won't really care that much anyways. And so then you, then you look True. in the mirror and you're like, shit, I did all this stuff to prove those people wrong. And now those people are like, cool, good job. You did it. Yeah. Well, now what? What's all the motivation for now? That was the whole reason I, I went up the mountain. Now I'm at the mountaintop yeah. and they don't even care anyways. So that's what I'm Absolutely. saying. Like people really don't, people are not living your life every second of the day. They're not with you in your darkest moments or in your best moments. At the end of the day, you've got to do things for you. Like worry zero about what other people think. Or if they think yeah. you should do this or be a lawyer or be a doctor or be an entrepreneur or do anything with your life, at the end of the day, those people do not sit with you every second of the day. You probably see those people once in a week or once every two weeks or once a month. And so like, and then they have this big influence on you, like they shouldn't because they don't, they're not that big a part of your life. So I think, again, it, it's something that I've learned the last couple of years is like, you got to do it for you. Make decisions based on where you want to go in life and the person that you want to be and let everything else fall into place from there. Hands down, hands down. That is, uh, no, I, I completely, uh, completely agree with that. So take me back a little bit. I was kind of thinking about this too. So February, 2020, month before COVID starts, like did that <laughs> impact you guys in any, did it, it impact you at all? Like what happened with that? It, it, it was part of the reason that the business took off and did so well. That's kind of what, what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. What happened was like people instantly, you know, right away. I mean, at first everyone went into turtle shell and they were like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm not spending anything. I don't know what to do. Then once everyone came out of that a month or two later, maybe three months later, business has to go back to normal, right? It has to like pick back up. You have to do business again. You can't just ignore your entire life and business. So once people started saying, all right, we got to like come out of the shell and start doing things again, then they realized that now they had to be smart with the decisions they made on how they went and acquired customers, how they uh, had a digital presence, like on LinkedIn. They thought about video content. They thought about social selling. These were all things they thought about because you couldn't get a hold of prospects or clients. They weren't in the office Mm -hmm. and they weren't answering. They didn't even know their cell phones. And if they did, they weren't answering their phones. And so you had to have some type of virtual or video or social presence to be in the places where your customers were. And again, I was like, if you're trying to cold call an email and, and, you know, run an ad to get somebody to sign up for your ebook or whatever it is, I'm not saying none of that stuff can work, but that's constantly trying to go out and grab a customer versus 
hanging out where they engage with on the channels that they're at and creating content that helps educate them through the buying process, therefore getting them to come to you and drawing them more inbound leads. And that's exactly what most of our clients wanted help with. And that's what we did. So it worked out well for us, but it worked out well for them too. That's uh no, that's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I've heard a lot of like, obviously, you know, COVID impacted tons of people's lives negatively, but there were obvious, you know, there, it's just like anything you can, you can find your silver lining and adjust to, to what's out there and, and sometimes make the best of a bad situation. And it sounds like you, you were able to, able to do that through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's uh, I think that's, I think that's so incredible. And what do you think, you know, makes all of this, I, I know we've talked a lot about like gratitude and everything, but what do you think makes it all worthwhile for you at the end of the day? You know, now that you've found that success and you've, you know, taken impacts to where it is right now. I think for me, like it's just waking up every day, being able to do something that I'm really excited about, having the mm-hmm. creative freedom to take the business in any direction that I want to, being able to hire people and provide salaries to them and especially some of the folks on our team without that salary would not be able to live um, as the kind of life that they're living now. So it's making a giant impact on them, their families. Like, so the impact and reach that you can have with content, I've, you know, had 1.39 million impressions on just on LinkedIn wow. alone in the last 90 days. So like I've reached, <laughs> like my content's come in the feeds of 1.3 million people in, ni- in 90 days. So, I mean, I think the impact the being able to do what you want to do, the creative freedom to mm-hmm. make the adjustments and like put out the type of content I want to without any risk of a company not thinking it's the right content. You know, I think yeah. those those moves, uh, th- those types of stuff inspire me to be an entrepreneur. But um, because, you know, the reality is you're in the driver's seat and you've got all the responsibility and it's all resting on your shoulders. I enjoy that. I relish that where, you know, a lot of people would not. And that's perfectly fine, too. There's sure. plenty of roles sure. and great careers you could have where it's not all resting on your shoulders and you're driving the car and you've got people in there and you've got to take care of them. For some people, that's a big burden and you may not want that. But for me, I really, I really love that. And what is your next kind of big goal that you have for impacts? Do you have, even just like a general, from a general sense, because I love that every step of the way you've set these goals and just like plowed right through them. So I'm sure you got something out, maybe a hundred things, but. <laughs> well, there is, there is a few things there's, and there's one that I, I, I wouldn't, I can't really talk about it because it's a partnership yeah, opportunity sure. with another person that we're going to build something new. So I'm excited about those things. Those business opportunities are going to come up where I get to partner with other companies, but I'm really excited for this whole video content, creating demand, building a brand movement. And I think in a lot of ways, we're in the very, 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 very beginning of it. You know, where if you pulled 50 companies, uh, maybe it's small, medium sized, but even larger companies, you know, maybe one out of 20 or 30 are actually creating video or actually have a social presence, actually mm-hmm. building a brand, you know? And so sure. I, you know, I just recently partnered with a billion dollar company and we're training 11 of their people on how to create content on LinkedIn to attract clients, to attract candidates, things of that nature. And that whole movement is coming. Like these bigger companies are going to start to, they're already starting to figure it out that they need to take LinkedIn and social media and content seriously. They need to meet their customers where they're at and educate them on the buying journey uh, versus sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing and hoping to cold call and reach them one day. So they're, they get it. Like these companies are get it. And they're now finally in a place where they're making moves. And because they don't have, they don't have experience in it in most cases, they're hiring people like me to come in and give them some strategy, give them some training, give them some services like video editing and that kind of stuff. And so 
I think we're just entering in like a, the golden era of video content, building a brand, creating demand. And it's a rocket ship. And, you know, we want to continue to be at the top of the rocket ship, helping other people. Yeah. Travel. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say uh, your, your business model is so on point for what people need right now. I mean, even Gary V mentioned it, like, I guess maybe like a year and a half ago of there's going to be way more job listings for even content creators, people doing exactly what you're doing. But guess what? The knowledge gap is huge at these yes. places. Like that's the thing. There's no like, great. Yeah. You, you can like hire a kid and be like, all right, go ahead and make videos all day. But guess what they're going to do? They're going to probably have like a year or two of ramp up time to figure out how to make something that's actually effective. So coming with the playbook right. and all of that, I mean, that is just massive. That, there's so much demand for that right now, I feel like. Yeah. In most companies, that's exactly right. The gap that most companies have with creating a really solid content strategy and creating demand for their company is that leadership at the highest levels doesn't understand content or social media or video. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit worried or fearful of it because of that. They don't know how to manage or lead around it. They don't know what to expect for performance or KPIs. And so what it does is it just forces them to say, well, I mean, this it goes against everything I've ever done in my whole career. So I'd have to like wipe out a lot of that and start over and learn something new, learn a new skill set, get in social media, do it myself, learn how it works, learn with it, like with my team, hire somebody to help. And a lot of times those mm -hmm. executives and CEOs and, and higher level folks, they just aren't willing to do that. At least at this moment, they're going to say, now no. let's just kind of look the other way or let's ignore it or let's not worry about it. Because I, as a C-level person, don't really know how to lead the company around this. And it's a little nervous. Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous sure, to do it. Sure. And so the companies that are really winning though right now are putting their ego aside. They're getting outside of their comfort zone. They're diving in, learning about it, studying it, bringing in people sure. that, know, that know their stuff, that have expertise in those areas. And they are equipping their teams, them and their teams, to be able to go out there and create content that attracts clients, that attracts candidates, and really builds the brand of the company and the individuals and those are the companies that are going to dominate over the next three to five years. And the other companies yeah. are going to be sitting on the sidelines, like when the first, when the internet came out and for 10 years, certain people did not move on it at all. And they got left in the dust. They didn't adapt. They died. So, and absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the same thing as, as anything else. I mean, this is such a dominant way to reach people that if you're not doing it, you are going to. I mean, I, I, I agree. You're going to, you're going to get left in the dust fully. Uh, it's something that you do need to, you do need to pivot right away. So what's one of your, you know, if, do you have any kind of just general advice for somebody that is starting to create content on their own, like what you do, uh, as just a, a rule of thumb for, for being able to, to be successful or maybe a, even a do not do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's two things with content. I mean, I would always encourage everyone that's creating content for the first time is just sit down for a second and, and figure out the game plan. Like, where are your customers hanging out at? You know, what channels, or where are they at? It's probably LinkedIn for B2B, right? Maybe it's some TikTok, maybe it's, you know, they listen to podcasts, whatever it is. Figure out where they're at. What do they care mm -hmm. about? Study your customer. I was on a call yesterday with a soon-to-be client and I learned, I was just picking his brain and I learned some invaluable things, man, that I'm going to turn into content and I'm going to be able to use on other meetings because I asked questions that like were inside what he was thinking. And so I think mm. people oftentimes don't study their customer enough to even know what content would hit for them and what would not. So you have to talk to your customers, like go communicate with them, ask them questions. 
Don't just say, what do you need right now? Or what are you looking for? We're looking for this. Got it. Cool. Yeah, we do this. You need to say, why? What's going on? Hey, yes. you're doing something different. How's that working? Why have you guys not tried this yet? What does the team think about this? What does leadership say about this? How come your CEO hasn't implemented this yet? Man, that's where I get all my data. I collect so many insights from those conversations. And sometimes they're live on Zoom calls and other times they're in the comments of content. Like they show up everywhere. But so I'd figure out where your customers are at. What are they talking? What do they want to hear about? What's your unique perspective that you have on their questions? Because you're basically answering their questions. They're thinking about buying something or purchasing a service or a product. And they've got questions. And a lot of times if you can supply the answers with your own unique perspective and stories, that is what they want. And they'll take that, they'll educate themselves. And as they're going along that buyer journey, now they can better, they can make a more informed, a more successful, more likelihood of success decision because of you, because you educated mm. them. So when they think about purchasing now and they're like, man, we really need to buy it. We need to you know, equip ourselves with a supplier. We need to hire somebody, bring them in to help us implement this. Who do you think they're going to call? They're going to call the person or the company that has been educating them along the way of their 100%. buyers of their buyer journey, and so it's just that simple. So, yeah, that's I, I absolutely I can tell you were probably a pretty killer uh, sales rep back in the day with your discovery <laughs> skills. I mean, those are some great discovery <laughs> skills right there, dude. Like it's 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 game changing, man. For example, like I was just just to go a little bit in depth with this, I was asking that potential client. I was like, because we were talking about it's it's a company I used to work for. And um, I know they're going to, I know they need help with this stuff, but they're, mm-hmm. again, leadership may be a little stubborn, maybe a little bit unknown. There's, there's a bunch of different factors. And I was just asking them, I was like, how is the cold calling working? Like when I was back there years back, I remember we used to do X, Y, and Z. And he told me, he was like, it's, it's honestly, man, it's just not as effective. Like people aren't answering their phones. And he's like, I'm talking to leadership. I'm trying to get them to be reasonable with expectations. And they're mm-hmm. thinking, we're not lowering expectations. Like, keep it going. He's thinking, man, there's there's better ways of reaching people now. So now, yeah. now that I know that, I can create amazing content from that, just knowing that, right? Like I can Absolutely. basically storytell that message back in a LinkedIn post and I can have a CEO read it and go, oh my God, I just had that conversation with my executive yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, And so when that hits, yes. man- they, that that like, company's going to reach out and be like, literally, you said something yesterday that literally we talk about in our meetings. It was like, you've been in those meetings. Can we set up a time to talk? And at that point, <laughs> man, you're, you're 90% of the way sold because you've already built the credibility and the trust uh, through the content. Absolutely. Wow. I, I can't imagine that's got to be such a, such a, a gratifying feeling, like getting, getting to realize that you're like, oh my gosh, like, People are taking my content and I've like studied them enough to where I'm finally seeing it all click together. So I think that uh, seems like you have a real mastery of that. Pretty cool, man. Um, so, you know, in kind of wrapping this up here, I always like to ask, is there like, you know, anything, anything that, uh, you know, for, let's say that somebody's wanting to live life the way that you do right now. Is that, well, anybody that's curious about it, is there anything that you'd say to them? That wants to live life the way I want to live? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, go down the entrepreneurship road, uh, take the risk, rip the bandaid off. Maybe they have a side hustle that they've got going on right now. <laughs> I got you. Uh, you know, maybe not yeah. specifically content creation, but, you know, anything like that. My advice would be that, you know, again, I think look in the mirror, be very honest with yourself. Why do you want the things that you say that you want? 
Is it yes. because, you know, you've heard it somewhere else? Is it because that you think it'll make you feel good because everyone else will see that you have it now? Like those are all not good places to build something from. But if you look in the mirror and you honestly say to yourself, I, re I really want this for me. Like mm -hmm. I'm excited about this. Like yeah. I want to build this. This is going to make me happy. Then at that point, you've got two options. You can go out there and give it a shot or you can never give it a shot and always wish that you did 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. And so my advice is always get outside of your comfort zone. People are like, oh, I'm a little nervous. It's making me uncomfortable. Good. That's how it should feel. If you feel like, like everything is going smoothly and you're never uncomfortable, then you're probably not growing. So I think you, once you decide that it's for you and you're going to do it and you want to give it a shot, then go out there and, and do what you got to do to make it happen and get support where you need it and study and beat on your craft and do whatever it takes. And you know, you'll probably end up making it work or you'll discover something else as a result of going down that path that maybe you didn't even realize was a part of your journey or life mm. that you find because you took action in the first place. So most people want clarity first and then they want to take action. I actually think go take action and you'll find clarity as a result of it. Absolutely. Discomfort is so essential to, to being able to, to get where you want to go. I, uh, yes, I reflect back on the first one of these that I did this podcast even, you yeah. know, and I'm like, holy cow. I was like, <laughs> white as a sheet. I uh, had this guest on it. Cause it's just something so new, but I was so Dude. excited because I was like, you know what? It's going to keep getting better and better. I'll get to challenge myself. And now I'm like, I think I'm we're on the 20th one. And I, every time it gets a little bit better, but I'm like, I, it's still that discomfort that pushes you forward. Totally. So you're, you totally. know, I, I, I love it, man. Um, yeah. well, Hey, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Alex. Like I know you pump me up, pump so many people up. I'm, I'm so excited to see everything that you continue to do. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug right now in terms of like what you are, uh, what you're working on, what people should be looking out for? Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you're driving on the go or working out or whatever you're doing um, and you can listen to something, we've got a podcast called Brand in Demand. It's a newer podcast. Wonderful. We release episodes every week and they're anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes in length. So it's pretty easy to consume. But I lay out the frameworks, everything we talked about today from a business standpoint, from content creation, content strategy, building a brand, creating demand. Um, I lay out all of those things and the, they're super valuable. It's like a free consulting session. And so check the podcast out. And then if you want to see daily videos and content from me, um, LinkedIn, TikTok, a little bit on Instagram, but LinkedIn and TikTok are the two main channels, Alex B. Sheridan. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, Alex. It was great to meet you, brother. Everybody, Appreciate this it. was the Gym Series. Uh, be on the lookout for, uh, for more from Alex. And I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Gem Series, the podcast for anybody dedicated to investing in themselves. If you'd like to see the resources mentioned in this episode, learn more about what we are up to at Rocket Level, or come over and join our team, just click on the links below. Until next time, this is Blake Chapman, and remember to be awesome and do awesome things.